0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, your Wednesday is getting off to a great start. Hopefully, just as good of a start as the Braves got off to last night in their 6-1 to one victory over the St. Louis Cardinals. You can find all the great content from Talking Chop, including the Daily Hammer and the rest of the Talking Chop podcast network at TalkingChop.com, as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Here is the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves obviously had an off day on Monday, and they needed to have one in the hopes of trying to figure out how to get out of the twilight zone that is alternating wins and losses. Well, the big key was the first to continue that streak, as after yet another disappointing loss when it came to the offense not being able to take advantage of situational opportunities to score, the Braves got back on the road against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now. The Braves looked forward and should have been looking forward to a e- pretty good opportunity for them that was awaiting in St. Louis. Three straight games against older left-handed pitching that if the Braves could simply play up to their talent level offensively, they should feel they had every reason to feel confident, with not only in the pitching matchups, but also that their offense could make the most of the opportunities that awaited them, starting with John Lester on the mound in Tuesday's series opener. The unfortunate thing is, is that the Braves just came off a game in which they were fa- facing a, you know, Left-hander that they easily could beat and Brett Anderson but could not figure out in the series finale against the Brewers on Sunday. But thankfully, the Braves had answers early and often as right off the bat, Atlanta took control of the game on Tuesday night in a 6-1 victory. It started right off from the beginning. In as the second batter of the game, Jorge Soler, who had come up to the top of the order, batting second in games against left-handed pitchers due to his power and success against Southpaws, he delivered his first home run as a Brave and put the Braves up two to nothing after. Ozzie Albies had reached base. Well, right after that, the Braves went right back to work. Three straight batters reached base, and after that, Adam Duvall walked and Jock Peterson hit an RBI single to make the score 4 to nothing. The first seven batters of the game for the Braves reached base in a very, very needed development. Once again, the Braves were able to score runs early in the game, but not only that, they got some situational hitting t- they did some situational hitting you know in a positive way as well, in order to take a five to nothing lead. Kevon Smith then hit into a double play to make the score five to nothing, and then Max Reed ended the inning. But the Braves took a 5 to nothing lead, which was going to be more than enough for Max Freed. Freddie Freeman wound up adding his 24th home run to the scoreboard in the top of the second inning. And then from there, it was a pretty quiet game. Max Freed, six innings, only four hits allowed, one walk and seven strikeouts arguably his best start in at least a month for the Braves was absolutely on fire on the mound, and the Bra- and another score was another run was not scored in the game until this the final at bat for the Cardinals, and at that point, though the score though they did score their first run, of the game the game was already determined at that point, and the Braves won. 6-1. to one. Obviously, Jorge Soler's home run was a big story in the game, as he certainly has the power in his bat to support the likes of Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, um, Austin Riley, and others. And it was a needed development as well because it showed that the Braves had figured something out during their off day to get out to an early lead against these more than capable, against pitchers, they're more than capable of beating. The whole key for this Braves offense is to figure it out, and get some reference points going. What I mean by that is, is that they need to show themselves that they can get the timely hits that they need and also hit for power, and that especially a good development when they're going to be facing names such as J.A. Happ and Wade LeBlanc, who may not be exactly the same profiles as a John Lester, but still are older left-handed pitchers who at this point in their careers probably rely more on craftsmanship than overall actual velocity on their stuff. And if the Braves could figure out how to make it work against Leicester, they should be able to do the same against both Hap and LeBlanc on today and tomorrow, or you at least think that they would, and put both drew Smiley and Tookie Tassant in a position to win. Freddie Freeman had three hits on the night. Austin Riley once again delivered with two hits. Dansby Swanson had a hit in an RBI as well. Jock Peterson, who certainly has at times struggled during his time in Atlanta, but overall has been more than productive since he arrived, you know, to take over, you know, his spot in the Braves outfield and you know. The, basically three weeks ago, he also delivered with two hits and an RBI single lower in the lineup this time around. Though Peterson has struggled at times against left-handers, he certainly still remains likely one of the better options in center field for Atlanta on most occasions. So to see him do well against left-handed pitching, as he has during his time with the Braves, is certainly quite the development. Obviously, the big key now for the Braves is to take advantage of the success and do it in consecutive games. Once again, they extended their streak of alternating wins and losses. But the key thing for Atlanta, they are now two and a half games outside the lead in the NL East division. The closest they've been to the lead in the division in two months. The Braves need to take advantage of the Mets struggling both on and off the field, as well as the fact that the Phillies themselves are not anything you know, of consistency as well. The Braves by far have the best run differential in the NL East, a plus 54. The next closest in the NL East are the Marlins with a plus two. This Braves team really is, at this point, until injuries allow, especially for the Mets, to get some of their best talents back. The Braves have a golden opportunity to to be the most talented roster in the NL East, even without many of the players the Braves have lost so far this year, this Atlanta team truly does have a great opportunity to show they're the best team in the NL East and really get back going towards getting another division crown with a manageable schedule in front of them and hopefully an offense that's starting to get more consistent. Plenty of opportunity awaits in August for the Braves to take advantage of.
0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As mentioned, while it's the Braves offense that certainly needs to find its way to get more consistent, another, courage, another encouraging development from last night's game was the performance of Max Reed, who once again had the best start that he's had in over a month for the Braves. And the key is, is that yes, while the Braves have certainly had their starting rotation, put them in a position to win on almost every occasion, especially from the likes of Charlie Morton, seeing Max Reed perform like he did last night and him obviously being, you know, a, just in theory, the most talented pitcher out there for the Braves. He obviously is the pitcher that has the potential to perform at an ace level on a consistent basis. Seeing the dominance that he showed against the Cardinals lineups was certainly uh, certainly a good development. You hope to see that continue with Drew Smiley as well as Tuki Toussaint get back in form after his struggles the last time out. Two of the three starts this year from Tuki Tassan have been absolutely dominant. The last time out against the Brewers, he unfortunately suffered some of the some similar struggles that he has had throughout his major league career. But now with the series win in game one against the Cardinals, the Braves are certainly in a position to where if they can continue to score early and get solid to outstanding performance from this from their starting staffs, they hopefully can finally put together consecutive wins and move forward. The other thing that came out on Tuesday in terms of the organization that certainly was worth noting is some injury updates from different parts of the organization. For one... Travis Darno seems to be in line to continue to get regular playing time with the Gwinnett Stripers, and as he continues to play in games, which probably will be for another at least three to five days, he should continue to carry a load. It seems as if his injury is certainly fine. It's just getting back to playing on a consistent basis. It cannot be a more welcome sight for this Braves team who obviously, since his departure, they have arguably had the worst catcher situation in the, in the entire majors since he departed. Though the Braves did, did acquire Stephen Volk from the Arizona Diamondbacks at the trade deadline, he simply has not lived up to any type of consistent production on his end. William Contreras obviously struggled. While Kevon Smith has had success with Helping this Braves pitching staff perform well when Smith has been behind the plate, he has absolutely not offered anything of offensive value during his playing time. So the Braves cannot wait until Travis Darnot comes back into the fold, which hopefully will be to the next week, and it'll be another big boost to this Braves lineup as they continue to move forward towards gaining consistency as an offense, in terms of on the mound, the Braves got some good and po- some good some good and bad news on Tuesday. Young, talented right-hander Ian Anderson, who's been out for the entire second half of the season after getting a bit of an injury scare when it came to his shoulder right before the All-Star break. Nothing structurally wrong with his shoulder. It just seems as if there was some inflammation that needed to work its uh, needed to work its way down to where his shoulder could get back to health. It seems as if he now is cleared to make his first rehab start, though a plan has not been determined and it likely could be a few weeks before he actually is able to return to the mound for Atlanta, yet another positive occurrence in which the Braves hopefully will get back a difference-making arm for them to utilize as we go through the stretch run of the season. However, while that certainly is positive news, a bit of negative news in terms of their 2021 draft class. Two, second round, 2021 second round pick Spencer Schwellenbach who had both pitched and played shortstop at the University of Nebraska he received news that he will need to undergo Tommy John's surgery in order to repair his arm. An unfortunate bit of news for the Braves uh, whether or not it was known or how well that knowledge was known at the time that they drafted him at this point in time is you know something is a story that will you know develop in time if it needs to but the big thing that stands out is is that the Braves will be without the services of one of their top draft picks from this draft for the rest of this season and likely a good chunk of next season when it comes to Spencer Schwellenbach. So, obviously, it's not been a, a, a fun season when it comes to injury news. On the minor league end, it's been somewhat okay. There hasn't been as much, you know, negative news in the minor leagues when it comes to injuries than there has been in Atlanta, but that certainly is less than ideal for a Braves t- organization that certainly was hoping to get as much instant understanding of what they had with this 2021 draft class to see Schwellenbach now be on the mend due to Tommy John surgery. Hopefully, he will come back as good as possible at some point in 2022. However, at the end of the day, the Braves are in the best position that they have been in in two months to take to really take their shot at regaining the division lead in the NL East. They have a more than manageable schedule to do it. The other teams in the division are struggling, and hopefully the Braves will get some healthy reinforcements in the forms of Travis Darnot, Waskar Yanoa, and in time Ian Anderson. Things certainly are looking up for the Braves. Now, the key is to take advantage of it by getting more consistent on the field. Thanks so much for joining us for the Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman. This, of course, is the Daily Hammer, part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network later on this week. You will hear from the Road to Atlanta crew in terms of their countdown of the top 30 prospects in the Braves system post two thousand. 2021 MLB draft. That includes Eric Cole, Matt Powers, and Garrett Spain. Also, obviously, every week you will hear from Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman on the Talking Chop Podcast, the headlining podcast for the Talking Chop Podcast Network network, and of course, all the great content from Talking Chop across all forms of social media at Talking Chop and at TalkingChop.com. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer.